Hello, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Tabletop Theater. Last time, our heroes took on a daring rescue of Queen Judith, right under the nose of her traitorous son. The party, having just escaped on a garbage chute, has made their way back to the SS Malamar, and off toward safety. However, the aftermath of their decisions linger on. The party moves north, towards the country of Ur, and towards the Third Trial. Just what will await them in the strange, elvish land of Ur? Let's find out. A teacup clinks. The sound of laughter. We come upon the scene of Lola lounging on the deck of a ship, looking out towards the setting sun, enjoying tea with her companion, Queen Judith. Nearby stands first mate Crispin Crustwell of the SS Malamar, working as their fill-in attendant. The two stop giggling, and Queen Judith continues to speak. Well, that was quite a bit of an excitement I haven't had for quite some time. It was, I still think the best part was when I had to prod your friend there down the garbage chute. <laughs> I'm still laughing about that. Oh, dear. Haven't had <laughs> quite that much excitement in a while. Well, nor, nor I, Your Majesty. Um, I do think Josh is still a trifle miffed uh, after that endeavor. But, um, well, I'm, I'm just relieved we're all safe. You know, Your Majesty, I... I'm really quite shocked by this all. Your son, how long has he had this... this mission? How long has he been so set against your reign? Well, I think Bert has always had a bit of a bad streak for him, but I don't think the idea really came into fruition until... until after Pride's death and he got the idea that some people higher up could possibly be removed to move forward with the future sort of a deal. No respect for old ways and traditions, Bert. I believe he's very incensed about the Borgovians. What exactly does he have in store for Chimera? Well, I think the very first thing he'll want to do is to start war with Borgovia and Dondalore. However can we profit from that? Oh, he's been wanting it for some time. He detests them. Didn't you hear him at the party? You were there, weren't you? I remember quite a lot more from that night than idle chit-chat, but, uh... Yes, I suppose that's true. Well, he's a bit of a... He's been a bit of taken up with the military lifestyle, fancies himself a soldier, but never seen a lick of combat in his life, that sort of boy. He's always seemed like a ponce. I think that's an excellent summary of, of his, <laughs> his most undesirable of qualities. And she uh, takes a sip of her tea. I do think that he's, though born a royal, he's always lacked a respect among, among the public. So it doesn't surprise me that he could take the power as soon as there's an opportunity. Well, luckily for me, General Zarkov was looking out for me. And you all too, working for him, I hear. Yes? I suppose that was a rather sudden arrangement back in the garden, but... In truth, I figured that, well, I'm very happy that you came to help me. 
But I thought your commander, Siegfried, was going to be here as well. You didn't hear? I'm afraid I haven't. What's the matter? Siegfried betrayed us. He was overcome by this curious power of the artifacts, so it seemed. I I truly do not know what happened, Your Majesty, but I would very much like not to relive that moment. In any case, the Nightingale Watch is still together. We're, st we're still fighting. And we're still ready and willing to help those in need, such as yourself, your highness. She nods knowingly. Tell me, do you really trust General Zarkov? Well, seeing as I don't seem to have many other options but to trust him at this point, I think I, I will. Yes, but we do go back. Hmm. And while the idle play of youth might not necessarily mean that we are still friends, I believe Zarkov shares the same sentiments that I have towards him. Very intriguing, Your Majesty. As you travel, uh, within a few days, you hear a cable that Borgovian and Chimeran troops have finally engaged each other on the border, and that war has actually officially started. A second cable also comes announcing a very prominent arrest of Lord Arthur Windsor. So on the rest of you, the rest of you throughout your journey aboard the SS Malamar, do you guys have any interesting conversations or talk to anybody on the crew? A drifter will uh, seek out his favorite, the Danny boys, Spearman Sperry and Peppermint Perry. Oh, I, I, he said favorite singular. I'm like, who is it though? <laughs> who is it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I gotta was, know. I was, I, I thought it was going to be Peppermint Perry, but you know, it is. It's, okay. Anyway, continue. Uh, so Drifter's going to follow up with Peppermint Perry and Spearman Sperry uh, on their training that they've been doing since I last saw them uh, aiming, you know, after I did a lovely lesson with those two. Uh, so following up, they say, Oh, sir, it's so good to see you. It's been so long. Uh, we've been uh, practicing every day, just like you said. Well, show me what you got. They have de definitely made a market improvement. Um, they, they're able to line up a shot, and while they are not able to hit a can over, they actually are able to shoot their rifles at the barrel, and hit the barrel at least, below what they're actually aiming at. Drifter will, uh, uh, seeing their, their admitted improvement, uh, Drifter will pull out his revolver from his holster to demonstrate, you know, what a real a real gunslinger can do. And he's going to shoot the one on the right can in a way to make the can bounce up and knock over the other two cans, kind of like a seven ten split. Yeah. You know. All right. Uh, what'd you roll? Uh, I got seventeen. Okay. Yeah, you do that. the The can artfully does a triple axle flip, knocks over. Not only the can on the right, but also when it hits that, it bounces and hits the middle can, knocking all three over in one shot. Uh, and then in par parry it. <laughs> <laughs> Drifter will then dab on the haters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Peppermint Perry and Spearmint Sperry like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I've never seen it. Per Perry, let's try it again. Uh, you know, he's setting, he's setting up the cans and, you know, he's aiming. He's, aiming, he's taking way too long to aim uh, and Perry shoots it. It hits the can. However, the ricochet off of the can, it does not work to his favor, and the can goes swinging and smacks Perry in the face. <gasps> and Sperry says, oh, oh, are you all right? Oh, no, it's happened again. Oh, no. 
um, <laughs> how long have they been practicing exactly? It's been like it's two been months. Cou- it's been a couple months. Yeah, so, yeah, two two to three months. Should I'd be say. doing better. <laughs> they I are think doing it's better. A market improvement, <laughs> as you said. You know, every every little bit helps. Mm-hmm. You eventually arrive at the port that Zarkov had specified. You disembark the SS Malamar, waving a lofty farewell to the dandy boys. As you disembark the SS Malamar, Captain Fondant, he puts his hand on your shoulder, Chosh, and he says, Well, it's been a pleasure helping you out again. If you ever need anything, anything at all, my boys are always up to the challenge. Uh, Chosh will, uh, politely, uh, give him, like, a tap on his shoulder and then with you your know. gloved hand yeah with the gloved hand glove tap mm-hmm. gotta bring back the gloved hand <laughs> motions uh everyone needs a good glove tap every a, once in a while a glove tap <laughs> goes a long way um if gloving if gloving's wrong i don't be right <laughs> uh so josh will give him a quick 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 glove tap and <laughs> uh say yep and uh if you ever need us you know who to call says well well about that here he hands you a strange device you're not particularly familiar with. He says, if you ever need us, just give us a call. What, could you describe the device? Uh, yeah, so it seems to be some sort of small clockwork device with two horns kind of going out, you know? Okay. One at the bottom and one at the top. And there seems to be like a sort of, uh, there's like a switch on the side. When I say horn, <laughs> I mean like a, like a, like a, like a musical horn. I'm Josh is gonna flip the switch and see what occurs with his gloved finger. Um, <laughs> Probably shouldn't do it yet. No, you can. Oh. Uh, the the device starts making a loud, piercing like scream. Jeez, because it's too close. <laughs> Josh will immediately turn it off. And Captain and, Captain Fondant, uh, who's holding his ear, says, "Yes, please don't <laughs> do that on board the ship." Could I demonstrate that? No, I'd rather <laughs> you didn't. Um, I know you could. Okay. Uh, Josh will sort of like look at it and sort of like you know let it rest on his fingers and then uh hand it off to Lola and say you should probably keep this in your bag flip the switch if you want to deafen your enemies <laughs> right oh dearie Edgar uh Edgar swaddles up to you uh and opens its mouth expectantly all right all right and I just take it from Josh's gloved hand and I say okay 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 Come on, boy. Sit. The bag sits, waiting expectantly. Good boy. Now, uh, roll over. Okay, your bag. Lie down. Lie, no, lie down. Okay, your bag lies down. <gasps> okay. Good boy. Now, roll over. Edgar rolls over. A bunch of uh, things that you saw on the ship, like, spill out of him, like teacups, uh, watches, <gasps> uh, you know, extra rations. Kleptomaniac. Oh, who's been a hungry boy? Though I, I did rather fancy that teacup. Good eye. Here you go. I'm going to throw it. I'm going to toss it up in the air. It jumps and catches it. And, you know, it it swallows Swallows it. Oh, my cute little guy. And I give him a rub. So you disembark the ship, carrying with you the sarcophagus. Can we assume, by the way, that just for for all future scenes, that while on the ship, Chosh found, like, a sheet and some rope, so it looks like a, I don't know, like, just moving around like a wardrobe or something and not like a sure that's fine coffin as you've just described you've kind of concealed this you've concealed the coffin that you have and you're bringing with you robin and queen judith you all disembark and you search around until you find a man in a light kind of baby blue soldier uniform 
snow is softly falling and he seems to be waiting expectantly for you all. You approach him and he says, Good. I'm sorry Zarkov is not available to meet you. Urgent business called him away. I will take the queen to the final destination. Thank you very kindly, Officer... Sergei. Sergei. Yes. Thank you, Officer Sergei. But I do believe we'd be more comfortable escorting her altogether. Zarkov said you would say that. He also said if you asked that to give you this, he hands you a piece of paper with the address to which they are apparently taking the queen to. It lists, the paper lists a location you are intimately familiar with, Lola. The manor house in which you grew up. Ah. If it uh, makes it easier, I will, I will, someone can come with me. I haven't been back home in years. I, um, still, I feel safer escorting the queen. Uh, Robin comes up to you. Hey, listen, if, uh, you aren't comfortable with this. I can go. I, can, I know I can't fight like the rest of you all, and this is something I can do to help you. Also, I figure, you know, while you guys are away, I can spend some time looking for some new recruits for the Nightingale Watch. Try to bring back our numbers a little bit. Trustworthy folk, you know? Look, Josh, Lola, I understand your concern about me going out alone with the Queen and taking... Why, why not Drifter? <laughs> I, I know you're concerned with me going alone with the queen and with the cargo, but this is something I can handle. Josh, you can trust me. Lola, you know you can trust me. Let me do this for you. Josh will take uh, uh, Lola and Drifter and Robin uh, to the side and say... Ezra Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the conference? Just put, your, just put your arm around the sarcophagus. <laughs> it's, in, it's in the huddle. Yeah, it's. It, I drew a smiley face on it, so it's, it, it can participate. Um, and uh, Josh will say, "Listen, I was waiting for a time to bring this up, but the third artifact has been discovered. I just learned recently, right before we got on the boat, and I didn't want to say it around the dandy boys." You don't know. You don't know who they're going to talk to, who's going to come on their boats. Loose lip sync ships. Those are the dandy boys. Dead men. They're so greasy. They're um, so loose. <laughs> How did you learn this? I had a phone call with... Uh, <laughs> what kind of phone? Righteousness. Righteousness. Mm -hmm. A public phone. Back when I snuck off that night. Again, you, I didn't you know. You were exploring the city. No. I was having a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> But you were so convincing. <laughs> of course. There was no possibility that it was anything but you exploring the city. I just, I didn't know who, who was in the hotel. Yeah. The thing is, is that if we don't get the jump on this artifact, I think we all know someone else who, who might. And maybe we could see him there and figure some stuff out. So are you guys in? Josh will put his hand out into the circle his gloved hand his gloved his dearly hand. beloved hand his dearly beloved <laughs> if it gets closer to Siegfried I think we have to go and Drifter will outstretch his hand nice kind of like rolling his <laughs> eyes at this very obvious <laughs> like very cliche call to action but uh what, what does Robin do Robin says 
well, you already know I'm in. And then she puts her wooden hand on nice. top of your hand. Yeah, so, uh, so, yeah. And then, like, wow, what an asshole you are. Like, <laughs> put your hand in the middle. Put the hand in the middle. What, is, what does Lola do? I agree. I think it's wise to go as soon as possible. But let's just retrieve the artifact and get out of there. I'm in. Absolutely. All right, do you put your hand in? I place my hand delicately into the center. Nice. Hey, uh, are you in? Come on, buddy. Say something. Oh, you, beat me, you beat me to it. You beat me to it. Uh, well, uh, what's that, Rob, Angel? Rob, what's that? Uh, the, the Angel's in. The Angel's in, everyone. Oh, jeez. He says, have mercy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So um, oh, we we do a team We do a team woo. Uh, hey, and our I hands go into the air. I don't quite know how this works. Now so, our hands in the center. Yes, yes. And then do, do we press do we shake? down? No, no, no. On the count of three. I can't shake my hand. It's made of wood. No, I don't no, know no, if you no, know no, how no, it works. There's no shaking. There's no shaking Josh at all. Josh is rather insensitive. You no, this is it's not insensitive. This is very simple. On the count of three. Is this some sort of paladin thing? Did this you is learn not this from school? Drifter has already removed his hand. Is this what the young children do? walking away from this. No, no, no. This is the easiest thing. Drifter, drifter. No, no, no. I think, oh, I think that's a good Fascinating. What a, good. what a strange custom. Robin removes her wooden arm and just like holds it there. Like, <laughs> my, my arm's getting tired. I'm sorry. This is taking way too long, Josh. You, your fake arm is getting tired, so you're, you're well, the, real. The, 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 the winks. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, guys, uh, we do have to decide what we're going to do. About I, I would rather. Well, this is quite interesting. <laughs> I would rather like make a decision and go. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. it sounds like we're all in. Well, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, yes. I, as I said, I was in. Yes. So, so we shake. So what? Woo! <laughs> Josh lifts his hand to the air. No one else. No does. one else does. And I. Uh, Josh, you never cease to amuse me. <laughs> Everyone else turns and returns to their business. Yeah. Um, Drifter. So uh, he lets step in. So what are we gonna do about lively over here? As he kicks the uh, sarcophagus. <laughs> How could you? <laughs> Josh will sort of like move his way in between Drifter and the sarcophagus <laughs> and say, well, this very important heirloom of mine, uh, I will send with Robin uh, and Josh will like look Robin dead in the eyes or where Robin would imagine his eyes would emanate from, from behind the shadows of his helmet uh, and say, because if anything were to happen to this, I would literally die. You know what's funny? And we this... can't have that happening again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is that um, it's a sarcophagus, and we can see the angel inside. How do we know he's dead? Like because we the one we've seen, we that definitely old, do not. Don't. He's probably not. We assume dead. he's not. I would feel so weird opening that, he's and we really dead. haven't had an opportunity. You specifically know he is not dead, but he is not. Yeah, because he's not. He's if he's if he's dead, he would be disappeared. Yeah, he would be. Yes. Disappeared. yes yeah. So you know he is not dead. He is unresponsive. Yeah. Did we open it up and try? No. You, you were told this. We were told. We, we ac- you actually did. Have By who? Arthur talked to talk to you about this and mm-hmm. said you needed faith uh-huh. to resurrect it. Right. Right. That was the right. option and of you robbing faith points to yeah. per- purchase. <laughs> the oh wait, that means we'll have to kill an angel. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I could never do that. Um. <laughs> or steal it, which is <laughs> what he was offering. But anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, Your Majesty, I suppose we part ways here. It has been delightful spending this time with you, Lady Lockhart. I look forward to seeing your family's home, as it is going to be my temporary domicile. I greatly appreciate your hospitality. I do hope Bramblewood is in fine condition, though I I cannot speak of its current 
shape. Tell me, are you... You feel absolutely confident in Robin's hands? Are you sure there's nothing I can do? Are you sure you feel safe on this mission? Well, I believe I feel comfortable in your friend's capable hand. Oh. (laughs) She smiles. Don't worry. If Sarkoff wanted me dead, I wouldn't even be here at this point. Indeed, your majesty. Stiff upper lip. That's what we've always said. Yes, that's right. It's the Chimeran way. Quite right. And I deeply curtsy. She nods her head, yeah. And they head off on the long trip. Now the three of you begin your long trek towards the location specified by righteousness of the location of where your third trial and the third artifact would be. You head to the isolated city of Krofskengrad. Unfortunately for you, the travel here is not nearly as luxurious as you're used to. Rather than train or boat, you are forced to have a long trek on horseback, much like the early days of the Nightingale Watch. You spend nights having to forage for food that you didn't have enough to prepare for. It's quite a bit of a roughing at a time, but you're able to make do, and eventually you come to the small town of Kroskengrad. As you approach the town, you come upon a scene of many men, mostly half-elves wearing the baby blue uniform of the country of Ur, bustling about, hastily forming a formation around a brick laboratory. They quickly encircle it, about a hundred yards away, setting up mortars, mounted guns with multiple barrels. A few mages are casting spells of protection, and around these hastily constructed fortifications, the air seems abuzz with anticipation. You discover why. From the surrounded building, three strange creatures bolt out as if in hot pursuit. Their shambling forms a blur of black and red, leaving a trail of black ichor that discolors the light snow as they bound towards the lines of men. The men barely react in time, spraying gunfire and mortar shots at these demonic creatures. One charges near you, and you make out through the almost parasitic black growth a large pair of insect wings and many crawling insectile legs. It's almost upon you and the soldiers near you, until a blast from behind rips the fragile demon to shreds, and you turn to face General Zarkov. This was important. I was going to say, and I was going to be like, <laughs> what's like actually more important than like a queen showing mm-hmm. up as a refugee? Mm-hmm. It's pretty important. There's demons. Bug demons. <laughs> demons. Oh, that's not that unusual. Dugs. <laughs> Dugs. Zarkov. What are you doing here? Lola, I thought you were going to be with the queen. What brings you to Kroskengrad? Officer Sergei said that I... He would... He told me that you had informed him to take the queen into his hands. I figured you would go with him. Well, I can't... I, I, I can't go back. Zarkov, I... Bramblewood is... I'm sure it's a great safe refuge for the queen and i trust her in the hands of sergey and her friend in the nightingale watch robin but why are you here this is a bit of an emergency well we heard the weather was excellent this time of year (laughs) (laughs) drifter will kind of brush his duster to show his uh, pistol in his revolver what in his holster and say what brings you here whoa drifter is that, nice. an, is that an intimidation check? Or it could be. It's, I'm asking you. As a, as, it doesn't have to No, be. it's not. It's just, okay. it's just it's a just verbal. More, it's just more of a, just like a, hey, I'm here with a gun. I'm here with a gun. I okay. forgot how much you don't like him. Yeah, I, That's totally fine. Yeah. It says, I am the head general in charge of the military of Ur, and this is an Urian facility. I have dominion over here. 
and this operation. But then somebody comes up, an imperious woman who is incredibly terrifying. She has a black sort of suit on, but that does nothing to conceal the most horrible part of her. Her half-centipede body, which with its many... Many legs. I take umbrage to this. Discussion. I also Being a little this bit is, uh, centipede. I, I, this, is, this is not my perception of this. Uh, this hashtag this not all elves. centipedes. Hashtag her many. Hashtag centip- not not uh, half elves. Uh, she's, yeah, yeah. She's perfectly. Yeah, yeah. I still doesn't make her not terrifying. Perfectly ordinary. Yeah, yeah. Totally perfectly ordinary. Uh, she is perfectly ordinary. You're right. Um, her many centipede legs weave her through the snow, leaving a trail as she walks, and she says, "Now, Sorkov, you." aren't really in charge of this operation. This is my facility, after all. And I will make sure that nothing will come to harm of my very important research, Zarkov. Please excuse me for a moment. And he starts arguing with the woman. <laughs> uh, Ch- Josh will walk forward. Uh, and I I assume I have some kind of insignia that says that I am the hand of the angels. Sure. And <laughs> hold it up. <laughs> Oh, like no. I'm like the FBI or something and say, listen, hand of the angels here. Uh, both of them look at you and, and they look at each other. They're like, why is the faith here? That's on a need to know basis. And I need to know. <laughs> there are delicate materials, which we believe to be in the area. Well, of course there's delicate materials. The centipede woman says, the half-elf, half-centipede scientist says, My entire life's research is in that facility. Ariana, would you excuse me for a moment? I must speak to our friends privately. Zarkov moves over to the side to talk to you all. And he says, I don't know why you are here. He looks angrily at you, Josh. <laughs> especially angry at you. And while I cannot deny a request from the faith, the building is set to be destroyed in an hour. Um, and I think... We can come to an arrangement. What sort of an arrangement? He looks at you, Lola, and you, Drifter, rather than Shosh at this point. Hey. (laughs) Zarkov pulls out a picture. He hands it to you, Lola. This is someone inside of that facility. I will let you in if you can get her out. The picture is of a small girl with sandy colored hair. Half of her face looks like it has some sort of skin condition, almost like it's been burned. She's clearly an elf girl as well. He doesn't make any other comment about who it is. I'm sure that Ariana would appreciate you procuring any of her documents as well. Well, Zarkov, as you were able to arrange safe haven for the queen, and you assisted me in my time of need, I do believe we can help you in yours. But please, give us all the time you can. Zarkov, I know in your power you can extend the time before the... Destruction of the building. Roll a persuasion check. Uh, it's 15. I will do what I can. He turns to you, Drifter. And he says, are we going to have a problem? I don't know, buddy. We're going in there either way. But sure, if we see this girl, we'll get her out. Mercenaries. He turns around in a huff. And he he begins shouting orders at his men to stand down and to let you through. All right. Awesome. Josh uh, uh, will walk up with a... Uh, piece of uh, paper or parchment rather I suppose whatever's more apropos for the time and a, uh, a pencil uh, as if he's like a detective at a scene and say so what can you tell me about what we can expect in that building well what I can tell you to expect is you will see many things and you will quickly forget everything you saw this moment you exit that building and hand over my notes and where can we expect to find your notes man? <laughs> inside of my office you complete dunce 
And uh, lastly, uh, Ariana, it's Professor Zoleski, please. Of Team. course, Professor Zoleski. 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 Bashiata. She pushes her, her, her small glasses back onto her upper nose. Yes, ma'am. Mm. Is there anything, <laughs> anything that you were experimenting on there that's particularly dangerous? Yes, everything. Right. I okay. was head of experimental genetics. I think you can imagine a few things that might be in there, and then you will quickly forget those few things that you might have imagined. I'm just trying to do my job, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I love boy detective <laughs> Josh. I'm picturing him with a little, detective like, Sherlock Josh. Holmes. That detective she, Josh is on she, the case. She, uh, actually, <laughs> in your full armor, your yeah. face is not visible. <laughs> she, uh, actually, Ariana is going to uh, move towards a different member of the party. That's totally fair. At first, it looks like she's going towards Lola, but then she actually goes towards Drifter. Snubbed. And she says, <laughs> Listen, I know your type. You're debonair, risk it all for a meager prize, all that sort of thing. Handsome man like you does that sort of thing. Let me tell you something. I need you. You're not like the other members of your group. I need you to prioritize acquiring my research it is your number one priority in there. And if you do, you will be handsomely rewarded, of course. Every single document, every slide that you can find will be invaluable to me. And I will make it worth your while. Drifter will give her a sly smile and say, sure, we'll do whatever we can. That's what I like about people like you. Don't ask questions, just do. Much better. She, like, clean, she dusts off her uh, suit, which has a little bit of snow on it, and she turns and returns to Zarkov. Your boots crunch in the light snowfall as you approach the facility. You can see the remains of the desiccated corpses of the demons that were already destroyed that tried to escape. You enter through the large, thrown-open oak double doors inside of the laboratory. You enter into a well-dressed entrance hall, complete with a front desk, now vacant. Two large statues lie on opposite walls flanking you. An open doorway, its door lying on the ground, leads to the next room. The, uh, I, will, I will say that most of the lights in this building are off. So do we have can we see torches? You can if you want. If that's what you if you want to hold out or a some sort of a lighting thing, a lantern. Seems, yeah, that's up to you. Fair to a lantern. Sure. Like, yeah, like a lantern. Like a, more, Edgar? more, more, more in the time. Yeah. But while we're still in the light, Edgar, um, he perks up. I imagine Edgar, can you provide us three torches? Um, Edgar does you one better. Rather than provide you torches, he's grows something else sort of like an anglerfish sort of light that goes off of his head and starts providing light into the room that you're in that's pretty great oh my goodness <laughs> what a clever little boy you are yes you are and I, gl- I grab his carpet cheeks and I just, oh. just rub him he's very so soft cute. I like this better but my alternative suggestion was that a like full sized like floor lamp just emerge <laughs> from him and just kind of like like walk around oh I debated something yeah. like that yeah um, <laughs> no the, I like the anglerfish I like yeah, the anglerfish it, it fits in more all right, you go to the next room. Yes. You Edgar, went, guide the way. He, or, he, 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 the way. He, he kind of like walks. He's got kind of got like lizard legs right now. Anyway, this next room is filled with rows of comfortable seats, all facing a smooth white wall to your left as you enter. To your right lies a small slit high up in the wall, below which is an ornate lever with a plaque. A metal door opposite you has a small window and it seems to be the only discernible path forward. Let's read the plaque. We are a time crunch, but yeah, no, we can never read it. It says, pull to activate. Uh, can Josh examine that slit and see? Is it's it very high up. 
Oh. It's like 15 feet up. Oh, that is very high up. You can try. I don't know how I possibly could, but I guess I'll try and get a good angle at it. Okay, uh, roll a roll a just roll a perception check. You could try walking backwards. Yeah, sure. That's a four. Um, no, it's too dark to see anything. Can we pull the lever? <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, that's fine. As you pull the lever, you hear the sound of a record player coming alive, as well as a very quick tapping, like a. Suddenly, light pours from the slit onto the adjacent smooth wall, and an image appears there as the record begins to play. A voice speaks in Elvish with supporting a musical accompaniment. Pioneers of science, titans of industry, and masterminds of modern warcraft, Gorman Laboratory has served at the behest of Emperor Omp's discretion in creating a brighter future for the glorious nation of Ur. The work here has brought our country into the modern era, with advances being done all throughout our departments. Let's take a look, shall we? (laughs) Slides change. You see a picture of... Professor Ariana. Here's Professor Ariana of Experimental Genetics. Her work has brought us closer to unlocking our physical potential, perfect for the modern military force. Our physics department has made milestones with its research into space-time. And who could forget the work of our theoretical archaeology department, whose recent discovery has found that... The music dies, and a clicking sound fills its place. The picture distorts and goes black. And the door that was locked now opens. I kind of want to play it again. <laughs> <laughs> it plays again. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, okay, we shouldn't we shouldn't dally. Um, dilly dally. Let's uh, let's Terry forth. <laughs> sally forth. I don't know all these. We words. made dilly, yeah. but we yeah, sure, never sure. dally. You enter into a bare, unlit hallway. Its floor made of large, smooth tiles with painted center block walls. Lanterns line the walls, but they are no longer lit, and you can barely see the shape of four doorways on two on either side with a hallway continuing into the blackness. Roll a perception check. 20. Oh, two creatures, one supported by a pair of insectile wings and a shambling body move towards you. The smaller flightless demon, little more than a clump of writhing black with red pustules like eyes, teeth and vestigial limbs and wings seems to be grasping a, a large metal object with a long barrel. The other smaller figure is more humanoid. The demonic, the demonic parasite encompassing its head and the right arm of an Urian soldier, his light blue uniform streaked with blood. The partially consumed soldier wields a saber, slashing it wildly in your direction. Roll for initiative. We'll start off with Drifter. Drifter, what do you do? First, Drifter's going to turn to Lola and say, we're going to need a big web. <laughs> <laughs> is that a racist joke? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm testing the waters. I Lola, don't know if we can that, actually make a web. Probably not. Can Lola, I, I really should have a spell. a spell. Lola should be able to a make a web naturally, though. But I not think. this big of a web. No. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I had to get the other way. I like that. <laughs> I, uh, it's I not racist. I can't speak for all can, half elf, half spider yeah. individuals, but I enjoyed that. Okay. Um, good. <laughs> Drifter will aim for the flying one with the gun and. Uh, just try to try to him maybe in the wing sure a nine you shoot your shot it rings and echoes throughout the halls uh with a burst of light and you hear it whiz off missing the creature completely chosh what do you do so uh chosh is going to cast a spell that he's actually had i think the whole game but uh 
<laughs> this yeah. is the first time he's used it. It's very useful. He's going to cast Bless mm-hmm. uh, on his allies. Uh, if you miss your shot, you can now add a 1d4, I believe it is, to your shot to try and not miss it. So Let me add to the... Yeah. Okay. yeah. So that will apply for any future Your shots. Future yeah. shots will not be missed. Yep. Um, will not be thrown away. Will not be thrown away. And then uh, Chosh is going to charge forward at the uh, landlocked uh, demon. Sure. And uh, sta- try and stab through it with okay. his sword. Roll. That's a 18 plus strength is 21 plus proficiency is who knows. Chosh, you run forward, your shield raised, your sword poised behind it. You slam into the creature, sinking your blade deep into its stomach. Roll for damage. Yeah, that's what we call the banana slammer. 11. You uh, you stab straight through the creature. You see it spurt this black Icarus Icarus blood. It doesn't really respond very much to the fact you just cut it. You pull I out the sword. should have d- divine smited it. It's a demon. You pull your sword out of it and it just kind of like staggers forward. It then attacks you. It swings. It swings wildly at you with unprepared and completely ungraceful strokes. You easily and deftly parry it off with your years of paladin training. That puts us at the flying imp's turn. It activates the device it's carrying and the hull rings with gunfire. Oh! Everyone who isn't Chosh, roll a dexterity save. Twelve. Seven. You are both not quite fast enough to dodge behind the doorway in time. A hail of bullets rends the air, dealing you both nine damage. Um, all right, Lola, it is your turn. What would you like to do? So I will face the flying creature. I cast hypnotic gaze on the flying creature with a gun. Halt! You shall not move another inch. The many eyes of this black Icarus deeming turn towards you and watch as this hypnotic pattern appears before your hands as you weave these intricate webs of arcane illusion. And as its eyes continue to follow, it slowly stops beating its wings ever so, so, ever so slightly, and eventually the whole creature just falls onto the ground, basically useless, at least for a turn. So Drifter is going to take a step toward the swords, sword-wielding uh, demon swordman mm-hmm. and use his cheap shot ability which does extra damage if an enemy is close to an ally which i think you could even say is the case in oh. this situation i would consider us to be close i would consider us to be oh. good friends so he'll do just a shot at the creature use and he is hashtag blessed hashtag blessed you that's, don't even need to be hashtag don't, need, blessed. don't need to be hashtag blessed <laughs> that's how hashtag blessed you are that was a 25 great uh could you roll for damage please 14 damage. Um, and I guess I will use a grit to do a, a second shot. Okay, sure. Or do, I, do I have to do it beforehand? Is that... No, you can roll. You'd have to roll the hit again, though. Yep. All right. Roll 1d20. Six. Well, you do have... Oh. Uh, you are hashtag blessed. So you are hashtag again. blessed. You can roll a, a 1d4. Great. Oh. So that is... Not very hashtag a 13. blessed. 13. All right. So here's what happens. Uh, I, I will say that second shot is actually towards the other demon uh, because as you walk up, as the current soldier, infected soldier is slicing and dicing against Chosh in a melee of, of blurs of steel, you're easily able to go almost directly behind Chosh, point the gun right at the creature's previous head, and blast it off. Upon doing so, you turn your pistol towards the downed creature. Thankfully, because Lola has hypnotized it, it puts up basically no resistance. 
you point your gun at it and you fire. Roll, uh, roll for damage. Eight. Uh, yeah, that is sufficient, actually, to take out the second creature. And that one also explodes in a burst of Icarus black contagion. It doesn't, uh, like, spread anywhere. It's funny you mention that. Both Drifter and Shashna need to make a dexterity save. Uh, gross. Oh, no. You Yikes. can add your hashtag blessed to a saving throw. That is... <laughs> <laughs> you're not very I, I, it's not coming through for you he doesn't believe that's the problem I'm not, yeah, I don't believe you don't believe I got a 10 plus my dexterity is 11 unfortunately I cannot hashtag bless I got a 9 while Drifter's prodigious skill with a pistol is to be admired and it easily dispatches these two lesser demons the explosive aftermath of killing them is actually quite deadly hmm. this black ichor gets on top of both of you sliding through uh, chinks in your armor and for you, Drifter, just onto your face. And wherever it touches, <laughs> it burns. And it's going to deal you damage. Um, Quickly, do I recognize this as the contagion to have infected the rabbit? I don't need to make you roll for that. Uh, since you are a woman of science and a woman of magic, you easily recognize it as such, yes. You do both... I know anything at all? Well, you'll have to make a roll about that, but it. you both take four damage. Actually, Chosh, you take double damage. Why? It's in your oh, armor. It's well. Oh, oh no, no, he's no. A, it's because it's demonic. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I should rephrase that. Sorry. <clears throat> you both take two damage. Chosh, you take double damage. So I, upon seeing this, I'm immediately uh, reminded of that first encounter with the rabbit. It's 19. Do I know what to do in the situation? Lola, you've been spending some time researching this on your own you've been pouring God through damn books right i have you've conducted your own medical research against the bunny rabbit from earlier mm-hmm. and you know you're you're well aware that in small doses like this it is probably unlikely to spread though it is incredibly toxic to most organic matter oh no <gasps> do they have to strip <gasps> no i like i said it, it, it shouldn't cause any <laughs> issue beyond just the immediate damage <laughs> okay i will not be stripping can i pass them a handkerchief or something sure you do okay <laughs> edgar um Two handkerchiefs, please. Uh, and then I, I toss them one to Drifter and one to Josh. There you go, boys. Clean yourselves up. You should be fine. <laughs> Josh will sort of like put it like through a crack in his breastplate and just kind of like <laughs> you, you move it around. You might want to take off the helm, dear. I mean, you, you'd probably cl- clean it up a bit quicker that way. No need. Drifter will kind of oh, swallow right. the pain of the burning all over his body and just and your face and dab a little bit with the handkerchief. again for the next exciting episode of tabletop theater episode 19 the third trial part two this rise up podcast is sponsored by hamilton mm-hmm. wow yeah i'm so proud i just want to say lynn we're so grateful thank you, <laughs> thank, you. Lynn. thank you thank you for picking this oh, so. lynn, oh you made me a cookie oh they're freshly baked oh Oh. Oatmeal raisin. What the fuck, Lynn? Lynn, oh, do you no, want to do you want to say something to our listeners? Oh, you're saving your voice for your new play, <laughs> Hamilton Two. <What? laughs> he's back, baby. He's back. <laughs> you thought he was dead, but he's Story not. Of George Hamilton. <laughs>